0: It's Wednesday, 4 p.m. You know what time that means. It's time for the Sports Zoo. My name is Zach Zafran, joined by my co host, Jacob Neidig. Uh Happy late Thanksgiving to all of our loyal listeners out there. Hope you enjoyed the holiday break. Just a couple days from December. What a lovely time of the year! I mean, holidays coming up and school coming to a close. And a lot of good sports, which is obviously what we enjoy talking about here on the Sports Zoo. We have a couple guests joining us today for an exciting segment to talk about some of Stanford's top teams that we don't always talk about. So today... Why don't we go ahead and introduce our guest, Jacob, when you have a moment? And
1: let the listeners know who's joining us for t- this day's rendition of the Sports Zoo. We have two special guests on air today coming back for his second appearance. We have Caden Green to my right and straight across the desk from me for his first time here on the Sports Zoo, local legend Ryan Brennan. Ryan here specifically to talk about the beginning of the postseason run for the women's volleyball team here at Stanford Caden our soccer expert for today Why don't y'all go ahead and introduce yourselves Caden. Why don't we start with you?
2: Well, Jacob, it's my absolute pleasure to be here today uh, I did have to fight through the crowds here to come see Zach uh, There were probably about 60 to 70 people asking for his autograph on the way down here But we persisted and we, we got here nonetheless uh, Yeah, my name's Caden Green, I'm an undergrad here at Stanford um, And yeah, I guess relevant to the show I uh, spend time uh, calling the men's and women's soccer games here on KZSU uh, Which is an absolute blast
0: you know, might, might we mention, uh, Caden? You're actually headed on a trip uh, this Friday. Is that is that correct? There's something significant on the uh, Stanford sports schedule soon. You're going to be there, right?
2: That it is. Uh, Stanford KZSU here is is uh, sending me and my good friend uh, Alex Farman, who who hails from London, England, brings a lot of personality and panache to our soccer commentary. Um, yeah, they're they're flying us out to Cary, North Carolina. Beautiful Cary, North Carolina. Um, to watch the women's compete in the semis and hopefully the uh, for the national championship.
0: Definitely five thirty on Friday. Go ahead and give that a listen on KZSU one ninety point one FM.
1: Yeah, and now to you, Mister Brennan. Go ahead and uh, for our listeners out there, tell them where are you from, which sports team do you root for here on the farm and broader, and what sports have really been a part of your life growing up so far.
3: All right, yeah, Jacob. Thank you for thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. I'm uh, Ryan. I'm a senior here on the farm. I hail from the great state of Michigan. Um, so big Mid- Midwest fan.
0: Big win last last weekend.
3: How about that? Yes, sir. No, no. He's a Michigan. <laughs> I'm actually, a Michigan. State. Oh, state. No. Michigan State fan. Yeah. But out here, I'll say go blue. I'll say go green. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter. Um, but yeah, I'm from Paw Paw, Michigan. Grew up playing basketball, soccer, ran track a little bit. Um, but on campus, I'm the self-proclaimed Stanford women's, uh, volleyball number one fan.
1: Oh, there we have a huge proclamation and Ryan also involved with the club volleyball team. What's your, uh, what position do you play for the club volleyball team here on campus?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm a libero on the Stanford men's club volleyball team. Uh, check us out on Instagram. We post the highlights. Um, but yeah, I started playing that my freshman year. We don't have Michigan in or we don't have volleyball in Michigan for guys, so was excited to play.
1: Absolutely. Ryan also dabbles in the sand a little bit too when the weather's better. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the women's volleyball. They've just finished their regular season. Postseason is getting ready to start, but I kinda wanna backtrack a little bit because last year the team ended their run a lot earlier than many people expected a lot of people and players returned Ryan what were preseason expectations for this team
3: yeah I mean we hosted the regionals last year so we were one of the top four um ranked teams in the country but went up against a really kind of historic San Diego team in the regional finals and got upset um in five sets so it was a really really good match and i feel like we just could not hang with san diego going after their first final four appearance but yeah we've returned uh all six of our starters um so i like to say this year's natty or bust
1: oh lofty expectations kaden how do you think those expectations can you know influence a team in 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 how they perform throughout the year
2: you know, I think when any team kind of gets together, whether it be at the beginning of the season or any any kind of momentous turning occasion, it's an opportunity for them to set their goals and what they want to achieve. So, if indeed the goal is natty or bust, and, and a team has that said mentality, I think they can certainly make a big impact on on how they're they're willing to kind of make uh, sacrifices and, and commitments. You know, lay, lay their body out on the line for for whether it be uh, the volleyball or or whatever whatever sport it might be. That being said, of course, um our football team probably wanted to go better than uh 3 and whatever they went, but clearly it did not not make any impact on that season, so. And
0: Jacob, for you, if you're you're an athlete, are you for having that uh that that pressure almost of those expectations? Do you think it's a it's a beneficial thing or do you think it almost holds you back and and adds to the pressure in a negative way?
1: Yeah, you know, for me, I've always been someone, when it comes to athletic feats, that rises to the occasion. So, for me, the stakes have never been too high. But, you know, I think it all comes down to the culture. And I think that starts with, you know, the coaching staff obviously wants to implement a culture. But it comes down to the players. And so, I think for some teams, you know, being loose is really important. You know, playing around, it feels like some of the women's basketball teams have been known to be really, like, fun and have a lot of energy and for other teams like volleyball it seems like they're more serious and so i think it just kind of depends on a team by team basis would
2: you like... rather would you rather be on a serious team or a fun team
0: mm. i mean like right now well, i
2: know, just like an, yeah like actually let's get two scenarios right let's say you want to win it you want to win a Natty, right?
0: I mean, that one seems like an obvious one. You're going to be on that serious team, no? Well,
2: no, but he just said the women's basketball team was very fun, and they've they've been very quite successful in the past. So, no, I,
0: I, if you know right. the inner workings of Tar Vanderveer's program, I don't know if you'd call it fun. I fun to watch it's for sure, but watch. serious, serious uh, might be an understatement in in that program's at times.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I like guess serious if you want to win, but fun if you want to if you don't want to.
0: But win. I mean, Stanford women's volleyball another. Demonstration, I suppose, of a, a rather serious program that is very fun to watch. That said, I think Kevin Hanbley is a very interpersonal person. A lot of the players on that team are lucky to have a coach um, and are there for that very reason. You know, he's someone who has that support structure in place and has enabled these women to get to the place that they've been year in and year out. It's a, it's a
1: record of consistency. mm it's a record of consistency. I would much rather be on a fun team. <laughs> I'll just say that. At like, this point in my life, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm playing it, IMs, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's I, that's a good question, though, because some IM teams, right, take it so serious. Your IM teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Other teams don't take it as serious. In IMs, the serious teams are always better, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Is there... Does that pressure take away from what IMs are about, though, <laughs> which is just having fun with your friends? See, but at what level
2: do, is like does it change, right? You know, because no, but realistically, nobody but people in the upper echelon of professional sports are really like. There's no. There's no higher, higher, like victory to winning, right? It's just like, you're going to win, like whatever, like you walk home. You some,
0: home. some high school athletes, uh, would argue otherwise. It that's is. Like,
2: that's what I'm saying is like, what's the memory, like five years down the line, right? Is it like, Hey, you had fun and you built a community and like the brethren. Or the,
0: I think the memory is definitely always felt very differently than the reality. I think in the moment it's, it's almost like a do or die situation. Or at least that's the way it feels. But yeah, you look back on these fun times, you know, years down the road. and
1: like, Oh, how silly was that? Yeah. But I also think if you're winning, it is fun. Like, I've never been on a team that's winning and I'm not having fun. You're lucky. You're lucky for that. You're
2: <laughs> yeah, I've been on some teams that were winning and I wasn't having fun, for sure. But, like, winning definitely is more fun than losing. Like, that's there what I was going to say.
3: Yeah, you can only have so much fun on, like, a silly team that doesn't win ever. Yeah. My freshman year of basketball in high school, we went, like, 0-19 or 1-19, Mostly because our grade was terrible and the coach was horrible. He was, like, an 18-year-old. But, <laughs> like, we had a lot of fun just playing horrible basketball. Yeah. But that would never be as fun as, like, also winning.
0: Yeah, you know? I, I want to see the-, the one team that you beat. <laughs> What's going on with them?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite the upset.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, bringing it back to volleyball and Stanford volleyball... You know, many of our listeners aren't super familiar with some of the different styles of play. I kind of wanted to lay a groundwork of what different styles of play are like in volleyball. Ryan, can you describe what different styles of either offense or defense are in volleyball and kind of where Stanford specifically slots into that? Are we a team that does a lot of heavy blocking? Are we good at passing? Like, what are kind of the ways that teams differen- differentiate themselves?
3: Uh, Yeah, for sure. I think... I guess going back to expectations first, before I get into that, um, Stanford's volleyball team is like the most winningest um, volleyball program in the country. That's why I'm always saying we're a volleyball school. And I don't know why I talk about football so much when we're a volleyball school. <laughs> no, but. Um, it's like so, like an
2: everything but football school. Yeah, no,
3: that's true. <laughs> but uh, so that expectation of like winning the national championship is from what I've gathered, kind of their expectation every year. And so this year it's even more so because they added no new pieces to the starting lineup. So they really didn't have to do any, like, meshing together. Um, But, yeah, so offensively Stanford runs a 5-1, which means they use one setter um, and everyone else is either playing defense exclusively in the back row, like the libero, who you'll never see in the front row, or um they're hitting and blocking in the front row um instead traditionally always has one of the tallest teams in the country um not this year that's probably wisconsin but um yeah we're always a very tall front row good at blocking um and have in the past few uh years have had like a really strong libero um holding down the backcourt in defense um I'd say Cammie Miner, the setter, she runs her offense uh, very quickly. Um, and this year we're trying to focus a lot more on um, pushing the middle, which is the person who hits the ball out of the middle of the court. Right. So what are the uh, advantages and disadvantages of running a
1: 5-1? What are the other choices that do coaches have?
3: Yeah, 5-1 um, in like today's college volleyball is now pretty much the standard um, some schools will use a 6-2, which means uh, they use two setters, and one of the setters sets from the front row, and one of the setters sets in the back row. Um, and then there's also a, a rare 5-2 like, um, option, which uh, uses two setters in a different way. Um, but most programs you'll see will be using a 5-1 with one setter, um, and that just like allows more consistency uh, with your hitters and better connection because you're working with the same setter because um, despite like having sets at certain locations and certain positions along the net um, at like set speeds and like height uh, like the difference between one setter and another is like very significant I'd say
0: and certainly you can attribute a lot of the success uh, in a system like that to the fact that we have the talent at that center position cami minor winning her second straight pac-12 setter of the year um if she weren't in that position i mean how make or break is she to this team is she really that factor that we're not going to succeed without um is she you know replaceable by any means what does this team look like without her in that role
1: one would arguably call her the Zach Saffron of the (laughs) A-Troy flag football team. Because once he broke his wrist, it was all downhill from there.
3: Regrets. Regrets. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. Cammie Minor. I mean, in my opinion, best setter in college volleyball. She's definitely irreplaceable. We would not be uh, the second ranked team uh, going into the tournament without her, that's for sure. Um Despite having good depth at at the center position right now as well but um yeah she's also coming off first team all-american she's she's the real deal she'll take us to the national championship i guarantee it well bold take because we said the same thing last year obviously
0: an upset there to san diego Uh, i am curious you did touch up on the fact that you know traditionally we're one of the tallest teams not the case this year that's going to be wisconsin who sits at the three seed though you know If we could discuss a little bit about what that landscape looks like, Stanford, obviously a talented team, has demonstrated that in Pac-12 play, but what does the field look like? I know Nebraska has, you know, dominated kind of those first place votes. What do they bring to the table? We've seen a lot of hype around them. They, uh, I think, filled their stadium and set the record for most uh, attendees in an outdoor Uh, women's sporting event until iowa broke it not long after if i'm not mistaken what is it that the field brings that stanford should be wary about on their potential title run
3: yeah so we've got nebraska at number one very solid team they went pretty much the entire season uh without a single loss and then last week they they lost to wisconsin at home uh or at wisconsin's uh home stadium uh in three sets they got
1: clean sweat yeah (laughs) which disgusting
3: it it was a very good game but um yeah they they're a really strong defensive team they're filled with a bunch of youngsters i don't know if they have a single to my recollection i don't think they have a single starting senior um and have um like i think uh harper murray one of the greatest like current outside hitters in college volleyball um, who's a freshman and I think a front runner for freshman of the year um, along with Andy Jackson, the, the middle that's also a freshman on that team. Um, but yeah, they came here took care of us real quick, which was devastating since they have such a new team, but um, they just play really clean defensive volleyball, make for long rallies um, and really gritty. Their coach, John Cook, he was a defensive uh defensive coach in football so he likes to say that he brought that to uh his style of coaching in (laughs) volleyball so they're super good they're so like defensive focused which i think is cool to watch because you you don't see that as much when people are able to hit um as hard and as like high as the these like six six girls in in college volleyball um Wisconsin is a team that like really took advantage of the transfer portal um, and took a bunch of top uh, talent from the transfer portal to supplement other um, players that they lost last year. Mm-hmm. They've had a very solid season as well but yeah lost originally to um, Nebraska and then also had a, a couple more upsets later to Penn State. Um, and, yeah, so Wisconsin and Nebraska, Big Ten is always super solid in volleyball, always scary to go up against in the tournament. I would not be surprised to see the seats hold and those three teams to make the final four. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise there's been it's been a pretty like up and down year for a lot of teams having some good wins and um, some close losses that I think will make for a very interesting tournament this year for sure.
1: Yeah, two teams that I think many people have their eyes on that didn't get those number 1 seeds, Louisville and Texas played in the National Championship last year. Texas currently in our part of the bracket, Louisville in the pit side. What can you say about maybe some teams that aren't number 1 seeds that uh fans should keep their eye on?
3: Yeah, um I mean, we took care of Texas and Louisville, so... <laughs> Irk and Jacob, I right know uh, a little Texas <laughs> bias in him over there. <laughs> I, I'm not so worried about them. But no, nah, those have been very strong teams. Uh, Louisville and Pitt. Pitt's another one um, that have had really strong seasons and then uh, had their like final matchup decide their conference title. Yeah. Um, Arizona State upset us one of our three wins this season uh was a couple weeks ago uh at Arizona State and they swept us handedly so they're unfortunately in our regionals um so that I'm not going to lie is is a little bit troublesome but I think the first time we we swept them very easily so I think I think we should be all right if we come to play and Kevin Kevin knows how to get his team ready for the tournament so um, yeah,
0: our, our statistician in the studio does confirm that uh, Nebraska has zero seniors on their team, so a little crazy there. Maybe a team to watch not only this year, but years down the road. Caden, I'm curious for you. You know, you're you're uh, going into the tournament le- hot, left hefty. Oh, excuse me, hefty expectations, uh, and a lot of good teams out there. Evidently, do you want? To face the good teams, or do you almost hope they get weeded out on their own and so that you have an easier path to the finals?
2: I think your question strongly uh, rests itself on how how good you think your own team is. Mm -hmm. And being a staunchly devout Stanford fan, I would have to say that not having seen the volleyball team, but having heard the, the the discussion here at this this round table, this solid mahogany table here <laughs> in, the, in the stadium in the studio, uh, Stanford sounds like they're top of the class. They're they're firing on all cylinders. They're peaking at the right moment. You know they're they're hitting that Mount Everest above eight thousand meter in the Himalayas type of uh, situation going on here. So I think send send uh, send any team and we're, we you're gonna mow them down either way. You know.
0: Mind you, though you know above eight thousand meters is called the death zone. So
2: exactly, that's why you don't want to go up and face Stanford, who is peaking mm. above the eight thousand meter. Peak.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So heading in eight game win streak, <laughs> the, the, Ryan. The
2: very, very insightful volleyball information right there.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> you got a professional here, statistician as well.
1: So as you're heading up the eight thousand foot peak, Ryan, where do where does trouble start coming in? Is that Is there a reason why Stanford should be worried about Fresno State, about maybe a UC Santa Barbara team that has less than five losses and won their conference? Is it Arizona State? Where could the Cardinal run into trouble?
3: Yeah, I I think we got a pretty good draw in terms of our regionals and a path to the Final Four, but I would say I'm not so worried about Fresno State. Actually, I'm not worried about Fresno State, but it's the tournament, so you know anything can happen. But I would say Texas when we when we played them earlier this season, uh, they didn't have their star um, middle blocker O'Neil. Asia O'Neill. Yeah, Jacob knows her. Uh, she played on the national team this summer, but was suffering from an injury at the uh, beginning of the season, so we didn't actually play against her. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not worried. I think I think we play our game and we'll make it to the final four but like i said arizona state's in our bracket they gave us some trouble earlier uh georgia could put up some trouble BYU, i think they host their um they host the sub-regional and they've always got a huge packed stadium so i think i think they'll be a tough team if they make it out of theirs which i expect they will um to match up against Houston always is always makes the tournament, makes it a, a past a couple rounds. So Houston could also give us some trouble, but I'm liking our chances for sure.
0: Now I've got a team that I, I really want to talk about: uh, Dayton, hailing from Ohio. They're 31 and two. Okay, Ohio. ranked um, 19th in the country, but 31 and two. Can we talk a little bit about? Let, let's look at their season so far. Those two losses. Wait,
2: did you say 31 and two?
0: That's correct. 31 and two yeah, ranked. Incredible amount of games. Ranked 19th in the country. Okay, so mind you, a lot of teams with you know losses of six, even seven, seven losses ahead of them. Only two losses came to number 12 Marquette and number two in the country at the time, Louisville. Both games went to five sets. All right. To end the regular season before the Atlantic 10 Championship Tournament, 24 games and only two sets. They relinquished. Okay, we're talking about clean sweeps in 22 of those 24 games. Um, Conference realignment is a topic we talk about a lot uh, on this show. You know, schools from not-so-well-known conferences not necessarily getting the respect they deserve. A lot of shuffling occurring. Is this a story that we're not talking about enough on the national landscape? Is this a school that should be respected more and is being discounted because of their conferences Are there parallels we can draw to other sports or is this volleyball specific
2: well zach you clearly have done your homework well i i feel like uh very informed on the subject already in your in your short monologue and i would say yes i think we are absolutely discounting these smaller schools who are being shortchanged by by conference realignment and and the lack of of publicity and being on the stage however what i would implore you uh as you say you are a statistician uh looking at the the strength of schedule right uh, what is the what are these what are these schools playing i remember being in a bar in butte montana <laughs> and how old are you uh 20 okay he passes he passes yes, 22 years old um in butte montana driving home um you were driving after the
1: bar? <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I was driving home from uh, Shoto, Montana, and we stopped overnight in Butte. And I went out for dinner, and I went to a bar. And the reason I chose to go to this bar is because Stanford Volleyball was being televised. And I don't remember exactly who they were playing, but it was, I think, Nebraska or Wisconsin, one of these like power volleyball teams, which I've I've, I've come to know a lot more about. I get the feeling that the Dayton Flyers weren't playing the strength of schedule like Stanford was, who... On just a random Thursday night, or whatever it was, happened to be playing one of the top five teams in the country. So were the Dayton, were the Flyers up against a strength of schedule like that? You know, that's that's the question we have to ask ourselves. But that that being said, is that is that in their control? You know, I don't know if it's in their control, but I I think what what seed are they in the tournament? Are they in the tournament? A five seed, I believe. Yeah. Out of how many how many teams do make the tournament? Sixty four teams total make the tournament. Okay, I feel like. The seeding, yes, but they're like... 64 teams, if you think you're that good, if you think that schedule will back you up, then it'll prove itself in the tournament.
0: There we go. So I guess we will see...
2: Volleyball, don't lie.
0: Volleyball, don't lie. There you go. There you go. In or out?
3: <laughs> I feel like the five seed is not that bad. Fair, fair. Like, half the teams don't even get seeded. mildly disrespectful.
0: <laughs> I agree. I mean, like, looking just ahead of them, 19th in the country, right above them is multiple 8 loss teams I mean they, they are the two,
2: yeah.
0: even even Western Kentucky who is at least to my knowledge not a power 5 program right below them at 29 and 4 still remarkable sure but I don't even think Western Kentucky is playing in a, a conference of the caliber the Atlantic 10
2: I can't speak
0: to I that can't, I can't <laughs> either I
2: can't. <laughs> I, I actually, these are good questions that you're raising Zach these are good questions
0: well, I mean, it, it, perhaps in just the grand scheme, you know, are we giving enough of a chance to these, you know, what, what do they call them? Not, what do they call the non-power five uh, conferences? You know, the weenies. The, all right, the, the powerless the- <laughs> four. <laughs> yeah, exactly, the mid majors, the low majors. I mean, we've yeah. seen this even uh, in, in in NCAA football. James Madison had to petition for bowl eligibility after going like. Eleven and 12 and zero. They ended up losing. Okay, so rest their
1: case. But wait, that was this season. But then they yeah. just
2: change. They, and exactly, they, but that means that they're not bowl eligible for what three years? Yeah, no. But, but I
1: think they're they are because there weren't enough teams with six wins, so they yeah, are. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. We we certainly weren't. But
1: talk about UCF a few years ago. Big
0: wins. Okay, not even in a terrible conference. Twelve and zero didn't get a shot at the national championship. They self, they claim they were. They claim they were victors. Okay, this is the type of stuff we're talking about. Small schools not getting the opportunities uh, that maybe they uh, deserve.
1: Yeah, you know, which I think is something important to draw out, though, is that in football, you have one game for your Mm postseason chance. Here, if you keep winning, it doesn't matter where you, you don't have to make your case. You just have to win. Fair, 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 fair. So, yeah, I mean,. Ryan, Dayton's a team that we've caught out now. Is there any other teams that you think could maybe be dark horse candidates to sneak into the
3: the Final Four? Yeah, I mean, let me pull this up. I think I always back Minnesota. They have had a very disappointing season, um, but they have a ton of talent, just haven't had everything firing on all cylinders at the same time, but I feel like they could easily... They could easily make some ruckus in the tournament. And then, of course, I got I to gotta point to my, my hometown heroes, the Western Michigan volleyball team. <laughs> Go Broncos, baby. We will reign. They won the MAC and uh, they made the tournament. So I'm hoping to see them at least make it past a round or two.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so before we get into predictions, who are the players specifically for Stanford that are going to control our destiny. We've talked about the setter, Cammie Miner. Who else is going to be critical for Stanford's run in the postseason?
3: Yeah, definitely Cami. She runs the offense, and Elena Glivley, um our libero who holds down our, our defense in the back row. Um, both vital pieces to the team. But of course, like have to mention Kendall Kipp. I think she's in the discussion for National Player of the Year. Um, has carried this team, the past few seasons, um, kind of taken over the reins from, uh, Catherine Plummer and she's shown up in big moments and had some crazy high, um, hitting percentage games pretty consistently. So I think as long as people don't, uh, the other teams don't find a way to shut her down like Arizona state did, um, she should pull us through. Uh, most of the tournament i think uh elia rubin also someone that doesn't get a ton of credit but she's been a super solid um outside for us this season made a ton of improvements since last year and her passing and defense have been um just so much improved that uh yeah i think i think we're in a solid position katie baird of course her our other outside She brings a ton to our team as well, but she's had some inconsistency problems in the past with her passing, but her passing this year has been super solid. So I think a combination of all of them will definitely take us far, but to win the whole thing, we need to get our middles activated. We need to be setting Sammy Francis. She's got to be having 10-plus kill games. And uh, closing the block, that's been our other issue this season, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think the... uh Senior leadership should be relied on. You know they came so close last year, and uh, it's in these moments that we see that veteran
1: experience really come through. So I guess it's time for for predictions for this team. Wise Ra- words, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you. We'll, go, we'll put you on the spot first as our resident volleyball expert, Ryan. Where do you see this team ending up the season? Who do they play against? How many sets does it go? What do you got?
3: All right. Yeah. I mean, I got to say I back them all the way to the national championship. We have a tradition of starting slow, maybe dropping a set um, early in every match. We don't have as many clean sweeps as Dayton, but we are playing in the Pac-12, which has five teams in the tournament. So I guess that's at least a little more respectable. But Not as many as the SEC, though. They got seven. That's fair. Wait, really?
1: Seven? Yeah.
3: <laughs> Dang. Okay. Or maybe Is that more the, than the Big Ten?
1: Yeah. Big Ten had uh, five, I think. Big Ten has the heavy hitters, though. Let's yeah, Big Ten has that. the heavy hitters, but I think the SEC had the most. SEC has seven? Yeah. So, so we
0: have, Ryan, Stanford, at oh, yeah. least in the natty. Yeah. But who are they facing up against? Are they winning? You know, from oh, uh, I think 06 to 08, they three-peat runner, you know, three-peat second placed, and um, so is this is this going to be a championship year or not? I know it's championship or bust in your eyes.
3: In my eyes, I think in everyone's eyes, it's got to be. Um, but I would say for me, then the obvious choices that are also probably most likely is it's either going to be between Wisconsin and Nebraska. Um, ne- Nebraska is like ha- is the second most winningest uh, national uh, championship volleyball program, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I've been corrected Eight teams from the SEC
1: Eight? Eight teams from the SEC How many teams from
0: the SEC? (laughs) For real
1: Well they made So one out of every eight teams Is from the SEC There's 64 teams Quick math Thank
2: you to the statistician In the studio Wow Statistician over there in the booth Doing a real good job She's
1: working really hard So And she's got a whole team So that's a huge shout out To our statistician team Production team Everyone here at KZSU For making this possible so back to you, Ryan. I
2: can't believe we have the budget for that too. It's crazy.
1: Well, that's thank you. That's for because of all you lovely listeners, the ads that we can put on. This isn't possible without you guys. Great point, kid.
3: And thank you to the live audience. Absolutely. So national championship or bust. Yeah. What do you got, Ryan? So then I'm going to have to say it's it's going to be between Wisconsin and Nebraska. If you asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have said Florida, but Alexis Stuckey, unfortunately out for the season early so I'm gonna go Nebraska or Wisconsin I think I'm gonna have to say for the history of the rivalry I'm gonna go with Nebraska because it'll just make for a great game and I want revenge for our earlier uh, loss this season there you go. for sure Zach, what do you? Where do you have us ending up here?
0: Look, man, you know, like Ryan said, I just think it's a it's a three team show between Nebraska, Wisconsin, and Stanford. Throw them all in the Final Four for sure. Um, and why not Dayton? Why not Dayton out there in the Final <laughs> Four as well? Um, But on the right side, really, I think it's either going to come down to Stanford or Wisconsin. I think Nebraska lacks that veteran experience. No seniors, as we've said. They'll be a force to reckon with for years to come. Not this year. Um, And it really will boil down to Stanford or Wisconsin. Whoever wins that Final Four matchup, in my eyes, will win the Natty. Um, Can I say it's Stanford? I would love to. uh, But... You know, it, with this responsibility we hold as sports journalists, we got to go with the mind, not the heart. So we will go ahead and say Wisconsin is your 2023 uh, national championship in women's
2: volleyball. It's a crazy prediction. Uh I'm gonna go <laughs> along the similar lines, but I think it's gonna be a Dayton Stanford. There go. Oh, the in the championship, and I would love. I don't even know if that's possible in the bracket. It is. It is. It is. It is. It Dayton is. Flyers down there in the bottom left. I think I'd put the Dayton Flyers versus Stanford in the final. Texas is is is.
0: Uh, I, none of us have spoken about that. I think that'll be the only real barrier for Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No. Ditto. Ditto. Um, but I I think that Dayton's gonna push it out.
1: I think Dayton is going to... Oh, wow. Dayton National Champions. In
2: five sets.
1: Go Flyers. First time was, ever.
2: Yeah, I think and it's going to be... Stand, I think secondary predictions... No six set. sets? No no six sets, no. Uh,
1: and I think Dayton is going to... Um, What's the final score of the final set going to be?
2: Uh, 25. They to, go to 15. Fifteen. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was to 25.
3: First, well, the first, first set 12. is to 15.
2: First set is... Fifth. The fifth set's to yeah, 15. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it'll still be twenty five twenty
3: three. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. So you like, you by do by have five?
2: to win by two. Oh.
0: Ah. just to, it was just drawing it out. It was, there you <laughs> go.
2: Just, just seeing how much you respected my knowledge. Um, but yeah, I'm going Dayton twenty five twenty three fifth set. We get national championship.
0: So to close us out, Jacob, what does the the sports zoo host
1: have to say? Yeah, I I actually think Pitt pulls off an upset and makes Oof. it to the national championship. I have us losing to them. I think wow. in four sets. Do they have I just, a bracket
2: challenge for this?
1: I believe so. I don't I, believe so. Not, not an no, app. Not an app. No app. They stay not giving volleyball the love it deserves. But that's, oh, we made it to primetime. Um, ABC. How about that? Uh, I think Pitt... We. <laughs> me and all the players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Pitt, uh, coming off their championship, they go through their bracket, beat Louisville handily... I think they, they work their way through and Pitt ends up as champions. I think
0: there's a super weak weak part of the bracket, I will say.
1: Yeah. Um I, I think that team is getting even though they're the number one seed in that part of that region, I think they're getting underlooked a lot compared to Wisconsin, Nebraska and Stanford. Um and I think that's a team that has the talent and the momentum at the right time in the season that, that they're dangerous. They're no they're not eight thousand feet up, but they're they're definitely sixty five hundred, maybe even seven k. There you go. So I think ten thousands of pit fans that are listening to sports <laughs>
2: are just absolutely beside themselves right now in, in, in glorious jubilation.
0: Well, another team in potential glorious jubilation down the road as they pursue their own uh, national championship endeavors is uh, Stanford Women's Soccer, who, Caden, you will be traveling to your near hometown of Cary, North Carolina for a Friday and Monday matchup. Out there, Can we talk a little bit about women's soccer? Just go ahead as our resident KZSU expert. Tell us about the season that team has had. They're entering um, carry as a two seed. Of course, UCLA first round upset to UC Irvine on that side of the bracket, which has left them as the only non one seed here in the College Cup. Four teams left. Um, what is it that has gotten them to this point?
2: Well, Zach, as you say, it has been quite a season. Uh, Stanford, uh, with the record of 19-0-4, actually going undefeated. Unlike volleyball uh, soccer, you can tie at the end of 90 minutes uh, of regulation time. Um, but yeah, traveling back home to Cary, North Carolina, the uh, the cookie cutter suburbs of Raleigh. Um, yeah,
1: what uh, for our fans that are going to be making that trek? Do you have any recommendations for that part of the country?
2: Stay as far away from Cary as you can. It's, <laughs> it's a horrible place, deplete of, of of culture and life. Go mm-hmm. to Chapel Hill; it's much better. No wonder
0: kids from Cary, uh, North Carolina, from that.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, moving on, <laughs> slandering the town of Cary. Um, but yes, yeah, so- all
1: our listeners in Cary right now are blowing. up off the phones as it's, we speak it's
2: okay we won't answer them because we'll see the carry the carry zip code on the phone the, <laughs> the six seven phones. nine yeah something like that
1: <laughs> <laughs> um
2: so stanford right they've been so good this year but something that they've really struggled with and i'd love to discuss this is their ability to finish um stanford is a stalwart defense uh and actually really good control of the midfield but they struggle to put the ball in the back of the net when it really matters um the game, myself and my co-commentator did commentate uh, the win versus Nebraska, which, um, sorry, not the win versus Nebraska, versus uh, Mississippi State there. And Stanford, you know, stealing out that 1-0 win uh, and then going on to face Nebraska where they were up 1-0, got it tied, and then won in uh, in the second period of overtime. Have been struggling to put the ball in the back of the net. And I don't know, like, to be honest, they have so many opportunities. I think there was one game they had over 28 shots and only one goal. Just unable to complete uh, their offensive possessions, and I think you know you have a tactical genius of the likes of Pep Guardiola, you know, coming in there with Paul Ratcliffe, doing a great job of of continuously finding success in this program. But we're gonna have to see if Stanford has the 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 ability to 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 finish the task at hand, which I think they're more than capable of. But we'll just have to see whether they have that finishing opportunities.
1: So, question then is: Do you, I mean we're obviously manufacturing shots at an unprecedented rate. Is there reason to adjust the lineup and put someone else in that maybe can finish those opportunities or do you stick with with what's worked so far this season and hope that those the, the shots just find the way into the back of the twine
2: yeah well I think um, you know you have at the at the front you have Jasmine Aki Maya Doms and Andre Akita kind of rounding out that the, the triple threat there at the front doing a great job of, of getting the ball down the side working it towards the middle um, the person I've been really interested to not see so much this year is uh, Lumi Kostemeyer up on the front position, the, the number thirty-three there for Stanford. Um, she was definitely a staple feature of of Stanford's front line in years and last year, but this year we haven't seen her as much. Um, Jasmine Akey you know, just won um, quite a few awards. Uh, she was named the Pac-12 Midfielder of the Year in the United Soccer Coaches All-Pacific Region First Team. She scored in 9 of 23 matches, and after scoring in the final two last year, has scored in 11 of her last 25. Wow. Yeah, she wow. she is a scoring machine. But like I said, Stanford on the whole, you know, they in the games that matter, we see a lot of 1-0 uh, or 2-0 wins. Obviously, look back in the record, uh, beat Cal 4-0. Um, Pepperdine 3-0 right in that first round of the the tournament but we see a lot of 1-0s, 1-1s, 2-1s kind of more low scoring games For um, for anyone of our listeners who are who kind of are fans of the European brand of soccer um, it's akin to to Barcelona these days securing a lot of 1-0 or 2-0 wins um, which people describe as not that exciting to watch and I would I wouldn't fault necessarily the Stanford women's soccer team but I would say that they might want to be a little more exciting in the last kind of two games of this tournament if they make it to the championship. Um, if they're going to be able to take out the likes of the BYU um, Cougars, there you go. Yeah, well,
0: it's going to be a fun trip. Uh, no, I uh, no Stop doubt on. about it. Any, any, any. We'll we'll hear about the bar scenes, uh, I suppose, afterwards. Hopefully, no driving after that. But uh,
2: well, certainly no driving after that. Uh,
0: BYU, you know, coming this Friday. I don't know how much you know about them, but looking at the field BYU Florida State Clemson is there any real cause for concern you know it seems like almost like the biggest enemy here is Stanford themselves Um, you know with that lack of finishing ability but the stout defense obviously getting them where they are Um, is this going to be an us versus them type of finish to the season or really just an us versus us
2: I think it's going to be an us versus them, to be quite honest, because they're on the other side of the field, <laughs> they can put the ball in
1: the back of the net. But yeah, BYU... Kaden um, prefers to live in reality, not the abstract. Yeah, I do
2: prefer the reality. <laughs> Let's dig a um, little deeper. So, Zach, uh, yeah. fun trivia question for you, or actually it can be directed to anyone here in the field. Trivia um, time,
1: trivia time. Trivia
2: time. Locked uh, in. Who defeated Stanford uh, in the third round of the 2022 NCAA Tournament?
0: B- I don't know if anyone else wants to go, but I believe it was BYU.
2: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And what, Wait, I'd like to answer as well. Are we going to do round robin? Oh, yeah. Okay. Likewise. likewise. Yes. Uh, Ryan, your answer?
2: Um, I believe it was BYU.
1: I'll go with Brigham Young University. I'm
2: going right. to go with uh, Utah. Well, I'm going to go with you all used your computers to find that information. Up. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I use I context, please.
1: <laughs> Although we did tie at the end of. Regulation, so did,
2: but we did lose five four in penalty kicks. Okay,
1: that seems like a tie, not a loss to me. But well, um,
2: unfortunately, it 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 does say BYU did defeat Stanley. Well, does
1: it say does it say L? But then like zero or what one one and then five four after that? Because earlier you said you could tie in soccer. You said we are nineteen zero and so can we tie or (laughs) can we not tie? Specific, Kaden tie
2: tie in the playoffs because there has to be a winner. Now they're changing the rules on us, except (laughs) for uh, in some Champions League.
1: well, but there's two legs in that. Exactly. Are we doing aggregate now, or what are we? No, no, do- no, we're okay,
2: straight, straight elimination, just single elimination rounds, um, tournaments. There's Daniel Vaughn when you need him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So BYU definitely kind of that uh, that unlucky chip for Stanford in the last year or
1: so. Mm-hmm. So, how does that affect the team's mojo going in? Is that a we want revenge, or oh no we're scared they are, they've already eliminated us before
2: well having having talked and, and conversed with some of the players recently uh, discussing this this this, um, this run in the tournament, particularly leading up to the next game, uh, they seem absolutely intent on crushing any sort of resistance that BYU has to mm. offer in fact, if i wasn't going to be on the radio, I would absolutely be heckling. Um, the BYU players uh, as a Stanford fan during this next game.
0: Yeah, I mean, not having that um, insight that you do, I can say, coming from the perspective of uh, being in a similar situation, I mean, when, it, when your team eliminates you the year before, oh. you have not just rage and fury and motivation, but you are going to come into this with everything you got. You know, you want to get intimate and talk about some stories. Um, your very own Sports Zoo host here lost to a team his sophomore year in the playoffs of basketball
2: whose name are
0: I'm not going I to specify you know. I know you know. Um, <laughs> but I happen to have lost to this team and I had their logo on my phone every single day for the next about 360 days and then the next time I saw them it was the first game of the season actually my junior year I had the um you know, most dunks I've ever had in my career, most points I've ever had in my career at that point. And then we saw them again in the playoffs, okay? And we take that first performance and we multiply it by three and we take the emotion of that and Blue game quintuple it, okay? Um, when you face a team that has eliminated you, okay, there is something deep
1: that comes out of you. Some kind of fury. There's some, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean we love here on the Sports Zoo to relive our intramural days. <laughs>
2: Zach, I feel Let's like they there watching
1: that. Exactly. Like, you,
2: you are such a prophetic storyteller.
1: I'd take it from the best. I mean, right across
0: from this table is KZSU's own Caden Green. I'm mean, listening to him live, five thirty, KZSU one ninety point one FM. This gonna be five thirty PM.
2: It'll it'll be amazing. There'll probably be like maybe ten people that tune in to listen to us at the beginning. And within five minutes, they'll all be off the stream. <laughs> Alex- until
0: the Sports <laughs> Zoo listeners that are listening now hop on and listen to. Ooh,
2: I've got more trivia.
0: No, okay, can trivia time. All right,
2: that's trivia you can't answer. That are two other. Uh, can, we, uh, one- yeah,
0: can we get the trivia time jingle, Jacob?
2: Yeah. Trivia time. <laughs> all right, so there is an acronym used at
3: the KSU. Uh, oh, uh, am I am I not allowed to answer? Uh, so uh, I'm do I'm we answer buzz this. in or?
2: You're, uh, yeah, you can buzz in. All right. <laughs> uh, is that our name or we buzz? It's, it, you, either one.
3: Okay. Does it have no. to be
2: in the form of a Jeopardy answer? And it can be in any format you want. Any form. So my, myself- I'd like to buy a vowel, please. <laughs> Not that. The acronym is BABFOO. B-A-B-F-O-O. What does it stand for? Can you use it in a
3: sentence, please?
2: Uh, we are the BABFOO.
3: Do you have the language of origin?
2: It's English.
3: Okay. Have you listened to a uh, uh, KZSU so soccer that's a, broadcast this like year, you would know. Like
1: The bab letters right? Foo? B-A-B-F-O-O. And it's in the context of KZSU soccer. KZSU soccer. Me, Myself and Alex
2: are the Bab-Foo. You're forgetting uh, an, another
0: member of the Babfoo over here. It may have originated Zaffer. Zach.
1: Zaffer did <laughs> originate the? I don't want
0: to. I <laughs> don't want to say I'm peppery, but I am salty. A- <laughs> now you, yeah, I
1: have. You just, you, we,
2: I'm sorry, you just we haven't had you enough yeah. calls, which is it's uh, Zach. You make me cry on stage.
0: Okay, people only remember Mark Wahlberg, but not the other people that helped found Facebook.
1: So, Mark. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> i guess i forgot many other founders of walberger though that's true. and that's why we stick to sports folks <laughs>
2: all right but uh you guys are you, no buzzing in um
3: no well I, is there any profanity in it
2: no of course not
3: oh well of course of course not not no 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 no. no, no well of course of course not is what i meant of course like, yeah it is it, it did originate on the radio
0: if uh, anyone wants to call in, you know our number. Go ahead and call us in at the Sports Zoo. Um, have a call in, of course we do. What kind of anybody ever called in?
1: We, uh, have, yes, had we have had multiple people. Had a big shout out to uh, our man Carson Trail for calling in, the voice of Stanford baseball. So can we get the answer to this? Yeah, now you're you're not just, yeah, not yeah. yeah, Zach. Uh, the Bay Area's biggest fan
0: of officiating. Of
2: officiating. It's very important there to distinguish uh, officiating from officials because we want to separate the art from the artiste. Mm. You deep.
3: Know? Oh, okay.
2: But yes, uh, at KZSU Sports, we are the Bay Area's biggest fans of officiating. Uh, always have a, uh, a deep and profound respect for the the men and women who take time out of their lives and get paid for it <laughs> to uh to call and uh, officiate games to make sure that they stay sportsmanlike and and safe
1: absolutely i mean how inspiring is that yeah so prediction time <laughs> 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 moving past <laughs>
2: moving on past that
1: byu i mean i guess tell us how it ends for the stanford women's soccer team give us a score
2: I think it ends uh, in the semis here. It's going to be a 2 1. Blasphemy. Wow. I think Stanford's going to go down. um, I think they're going to. Yeah, I think they're going to go down one in the first three to five minutes, as we've seen characteristic this season. And then I think they're going to come storming back, catch a tie, and then in about the 60th minute, they'll go 2 1. And then their defense will hold out for the rest of the match.
1: And then I think they'll lift the trophy in. Kerry wow yeah Brian over to you what do you think happens with the the women women's soccer
3: team no choice but to back the card I don't know much about the field I don't I don't really it don't matter yeah it don't matter. when's the finals Monday it's gonna be Monday
2: at a uh, 5 p.m. Uh, oh, or 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Pacific, sick. so 6 p.m. Sorry, I was thinking Central time. Mm.
3: Got
1: you. You
2: know it happens sometimes. And you that's say 4
1: p.m. Mountain Standard time for those yeah, of our yeah. listeners in that mm. time zone. Okay, not so to I'm be confused for our friends
0: in Arizona, though, who do not have daylight savings. So that messes things up a little bit.
1: Smartest Americans. Are they not? No, they got rid of it.
2: Oh. Wait, so they're on the... Uh, we're they not, switch we're time zones. Time right now.
1: They switch time zones with daylight savings. That's what?
2: brilliant wait so right now we're in standard time though
3: we're all uh, yeah, no we're, we're
2: pdt standard. we are pdt
3: i daylight believe time how does switching time zone for like they switch from
2: i'm pretty sure we're standard time right now
3: wait yeah, it's always standard time wait 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 wait. it's pacific standard time
2: yeah but You're... like if we get rid of daylight savings <laughs> oh you go
3: you know. no no, no. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean they switch time zones with daylight savings isn't that the same thing functionally <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> because everything moves back, but
1: they stay the same. And so they go from west coast to mountain.
0: Also I do want to clarify no, it's not, it is not this is PDT, not PST. Standard yeah, time I mean, is only is... after daylight savings So if we get
2: rid of daylight oh, savings that's the then, difference. then it would be lighter later. Yes
0: it always be PST Oh well then that'd be so much better. Uh, but there's actually legislation that was introduced to get rid of daylight savings. Are we
2: allowed to discuss
1: topics such as that Politics, our Politics is our
0: show mm-hmm. of course we of
1: I'd also like to point I out like that I'm said. mostly spitballing. I don't know for sure about the whole switching time zone. I, so.
0: I am a big daylight savings fan. No, I'm I'm in the biggest daylight savings hater. Me too. I'm a standard times yeah. f- oh, standard, oh,
1: standard time man. fan. So Bab Fost. Bab Fost. So yeah. <laughs> Bab Fost. I think I can figure that one out. Do I get to ring in? Uh, you do get to ring. <laughs> in. Bay Area. Bay Area. <laughs> 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 biggest fans of standard. You need a T at the end of that. Yeah, Bab Fost. Oh. Time, standard um, time. Bang. Not to be mistaken with Scott Faust or, you know, a official the NBA. Whoa.
2: Okay. Which we are a big fan of,
1: as the Bab Fu. No, definitely. but I thought we were a fan of officiating, not officials. Yeah, but, yeah. He's the well, artist. 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 He's the artist. <laughs> we have now caught Caden in two lives here on the show. <laughs> what an episode. Where's the studio <laughs> ethicist? The first one does. was you said you can't tie in soccer because. Well, you <laughs> can't, <you> can't <laughs> and then tie you can. No, no, but that actually would be not. And can't should tie. we. Should we flash back to his first time on the oh studio? My, for, he has caused quite the ruckus no, for no, us that, here on the Sports that Zoo. That episode was somehow
2: corrupted.
0: <laughs> I, I actually, for, for our fans listening, I do apologize. You can't listen back on our uh, Spotify or Apple Podcast, which, by the way, if you want to list any of our previous episodes, go ahead and check them out there, The Sports Zoo. Uh, but yes, the file was corrupted, unfortunately, on that day. Well, one of our finest episodes, in my humble opinion, of all time.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, so Zach or Ryan, I guess you're backing the card all the way. National champions in women's soccer.
3: Yeah, all right, sure. But who's who's in the other semifinal?
1: Clemson and Florida State, and we're going off against BYU.
3: Right? Yeah, yeah. BYU's already over and done with, (laughs) in my eyes. And then it'll definitely be a Natty against the Tigers. Yeah. All right.
2: Did you guys, uh, by chance, watch the BYU Carolina game? Of course, of absolutely course. ridiculous match. Carolina up three 0 and then they put in all their back, like their bench warmers, <laughs> and then rookie mistake. Yeah, well, Anson Dorrance is on the decline. If I'm being quite honest, he's getting a little, he's getting a little fraudulent. I completely we, agree with that mean. sentiment. He's, yeah, quite fraudulent. Almost like la fraudulent. LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. All right, moving on with predictions. <laughs> Zach, how are they
0: finishing? BYU, throw them in the toaster, burn them. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Stanford's going to be in it's the awesome. uh, national championship versus Florida State. I feel like the obvious choice over Clemson. I mean, Clemson eighteen three and four. Florida State twenty zero and one. Okay, this is going to be a Seminole's versus Cardinal. But how poetic would it be for the Stanford Cardinal? A program that has gone through so much, a program that has fought so hard, and a program that will be holding up the trophy mm-hmm. come Monday at uh, you know after six p.m. Are we allowed Eastern to go standard like standard time?
2: Do you think as a radio station, we can just toss off our head our like our mics and just go run onto the field? <laughs> go crazy. I,
0: don't I see would, why
2: not. I, I don't, don't see why not either. Just get an angry email from 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 uh,
0: the SID. If it's your last call, that means it was worthwhile, you know. Exactly. So Stanford think... 2023 national champions And to close out of course Jacob
1: Yeah you know I think we take care of the Cougars relatively easily I'm thinking a 3-1 victory oh. But uh, I think Florida State comes in and makes us Puts us in our place a little bit I think we lose 2-0 against them So national runner-ups National runner-ups so not not a bad end but definitely not the end that they would be looking for yeah bittersweet in many so
0: come next sports zoo we will find out and we'll also have some progress on our other uh Stanford team in pursuit of a national championship. But before we close out in this week's episode, a couple things to talk about. Football just wrapped up their season. Men's and women's basketball getting a strong start and a not so strong start to their year. And then cross country, who prior to uh, the what break. But synchro swimming. Synchro swimming we they talked about as well. Actually, swimming? artistic swimming. Okay. They pra- sorry, They've changed their name.
2: I was on a run this morning and they were practicing. They were looking really good. Look, there you go we were working—I I don't know, dude. Do you know, how's their season going? I will,
0: we will see. I know that they've been pretty dominant. How did
2: field hockey season go this
0: year? I believe that
2: is not—I don't know. I, I do not know. Don't know. I don't know. They, they, end know. Like su- they end, like, super early. I know. I think they went 1-12. Yeah. So Wait, we're not good at it?
0: <laughs> what? We're not good? Field hockey's no, we're, not we're, particularly—
2: we're, What? We're not very good. <laughs> so
0: I'm going to give a shout-out to the cross-country team who, uh, over two weekends ago, but after our last Sports two episode— Ran in the national championship mm. Finished 8th in the men's and 12 in the women's I know not the result they're hoping for But concluding a quite honestly phenomenal season In which both finished first place in the West Regionals So concluding it there Ryan, Kin. before we hop off Are there any teams that come to mind That you want to give a special shout out to Things to watch, things to see Ryan, you
2: want to go first? For cross country? Uh,
3: just any
0: teams so, on the farm oh, in general. Could even be the club men's volleyball team
3: Yep Drop a follow. You can see me on there. Uh, And, you know, I'll just say for for my hometown, go green. There you go.
1: Yeah, can confirm Ryan is an absolute beast on the court. Has some new laces. If you look for him, he's the guy with the Raising Cane shoelaces. Check him out.
2: I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with a bold prediction here that men's gymnastics is going to secure another national championship. What about that? Five uh, feet? I that think uh, women's water polo going to do pretty well this year. Absolutely. Baseball going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, we are getting it all
1: here from Caden Green. <laughs> yeah. He said, in the last minute, I'm going to touch on all 36 <laughs> sports. And I think men's
2: lacrosse is going to win the MCLA uh, championship this year. There you go. Shout yeah, out to WCLL. Club men's lacrosse. Varsity men's lacrosse. Varsity club men's lacrosse. Yeah, something like that. that. <laughs> And that's yeah, that's all the takes. Well, I have a lot more takes, but we we don't for need another weekend. To again. We know we
0: have a lot to talk about with you. We, we should get Owen on here. Oh, and uh, yeah,
1: Trayvon. Trying to, yeah. Uh, another huge shout out to the men's soccer team. They actually just oh, yeah. upset the number one overall team, Marshall, there in the elite eight. Um, huge, yeah, huge. and and did it in a really convincing way. Three zero victory. Huge shout out to them. Sports are thriving here on the farm other than the one, the only sports that we talk about the most frequently, which is basketball and football. But nonetheless, we're here on the Sports Zoo to bring you the sports news at Stanford when you want it, how you want it, and any way you want it. My name is Jacob Neidig, joined in studio by my co-host, Zach Safran, our lovely two guests, Ryan Britton and Caden Green.
3: As we like to say here, stay late, wear red, Go card. card.